0: this is power lunch exclusively on lightning power play it's the first game but we got to find lines obviously there's a lot of line combinations that went in and out Uh, we got to find some chemistry here guys just got to get their feet underneath you pre-seasons not the same as regular season so you can't really look at that as a whole I think we got to do 10 game segments here as you know as a team and find a way to you know build our game here, each game at a time we can't look at know who we're playing next. We just gotta focus on one one shift, one game and then uh, we'll go on to the next.
1: Alright, alright, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for Power Lunch being a little late, but we are here. See, that's the thing about class. We always show <laughs> up. It may be a little later than normal. Actually, we had, uh, as we tweeted out, some technical difficulties and that's gonna happen from time to time, but have no fear. Power Lunch is is here I am Greg Linelli, along with Dave Michigan who is in Detroit and Steve Ersnick our producer Dave I I think out of everything we need to discuss today there's some hard hitting topics we need to get to there's a couple that I want to get to right off the bat one how did you pack and (laughs) two
0: what snacks did you bring well, while we were trying to figure out the technical <laughs> difficulties, which is to say you and Steve were trying to figure out the technical difficulties, I snarfed down a granola bar, so that Ooh, worked. I like that. And, yeah, the, the packing went well. My wife, Dulcie really helps in that regard. You know yes. what? And, and this is this is probably the last thing that we should be talking about at the start of, no, it's the of first a thing, game Dave. day show. Yes. But it was a few years ago my wife invested in these packing cubes. I don't know if you've heard of those. Tell me about it. So— they are, it, it's it's like a suitcase within a suitcase. So the kind that she bought, like each family member got got their own color. And it's like Papa Bear, Mama Bear, Baby Bear <laughs> sized vacuum like cubes. That. So, nice. you know, like the socks can go in the, the little cube. And like, you know, if you're bringing a jacket or something, you can fit that in, in the bigger cube. And what it does, first of all, it helps keep everything organized. Yeah. And second of all, it fits in any whether you're talking about a duffel, a suitcase, uh one of those rolly suitcase, you know, suit bags. It it takes up hardly any room. So that was introduced pre pandemic. <laughs> so yesterday I'm like, I can't remember how I packed these packing cubes. She's like, move aside. Dulcie is here. So gonna, she, she really helped in that regard. I'm going to have they, to get they that. they are, I wouldn't say they're life-changing because organization is not like my, yeah. my jam. But right. even I can appreciate the fact that it helps keep things kind of in place. And then what you do on a long trip, one of those packing cubes becomes the designated dirty laundry
1: Ooh, I like cube. that. So I all like of your this. dirties
0: are together and they're not like cross-pollinating Yes. With with the clean, so I, I think that's a great way more to... information. The other yeah. thing I'll add is, yeah, if ahead. you were to tell me before mm-hmm. today that we would have technical difficulties, I would have I would have felt it was on my end because <laughs> I'm the one in Detroit <laughs> who's trying to like. Uh, you were concerned the about party. today's show. You I was fine. About like yeah, I was ready to go. You were. So you it were. was not. It was not a Detroit. Well, you know what it was. Technical Dave. issue.
1: You know what it really is? There, there actually, there are issues on your end. Steve and I are just taking the fall for it, and we're making it oh, okay. something.
0: That's the, we, want, we don't want to lay that want burden hurt on you.
1: Well, I'm curious where you can get that little, that little kit, because
0: that, that yeah, might be something. I think something. They're, they're prevalent. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to check yeah. that out. Well, that's good to know. You can, you, good can, to know. Uh, you can Google packing cubes. I think that's what they're called. Right. They're not really well, cubes. But, like, if there's nothing in it, you know, it basically rolls up into nothing. So, So,
1: you know, and you want to talk about just being a professional, Dave, and just a tremendous segue into the Lightning. You know who needs one of those packing cubes would be Andre Schuster. Yes. I mean, let's talk about this. Andre Schuster. So, uh, yesterday I was, um, you know, getting set to do my Lightning Report, which I do typically at night, and uh, you kind of wait for breaking news. And, you know, you had noticed on – Twitter with uh, Joe and, and Bernsey and Eric and Ed, all oh, the beat reporters started coming out with, you know, Bogosian wasn't at practice. There really wasn't an update on his status. And then it was going to be interesting because the lightning at the time, you know, as we know, only carried five defensemen on their roster. So immediately you're thinking, okay, well, how long is Bogosian going to be out? And who would be that next defenseman if an injury occurs. Now, some of that might have to do with righty-lefty. Some of it might have to do with contracts, although I think the contract maybe is is less prevalent in this case than it is maybe righty-lefty combination with Bogosian uh, being a righty defenseman. Nonetheless, Dave, we find out today that he is going to be out four to six weeks meaning Zach Bogosian with a lower body injury. Now, apparently hurt during the Lightning's lost to the penguins and which
0: was not obvious it wasn't obvious I did not notice that he got hurt
1: it wasn't and you know look the lightning were trying to pull the goaltender at the end I mean they were pulling the goaltender at the end and and offensively trying to get back into the game so uh, Bogosian could have been not on the ice during that time we might not have known if if that was the case because the lightning at that point are, are going all offense and they've got other defensemen they'd go to in a situation like that but Let's start with Bogosian being out, Dave, and then we'll get to Schuster because you and I had talked about Schuster in the preseason and there was a lot made about him getting maybe another opportunity in the National Hockey League, his work over in the KHL, how maybe he uh, took his fitness to another level, his eating to another level and feels like he's faster. We'll get on him in just a second.
0: Bogosian. I like that expression, he took his eating to another level. <laughs> that conjures the you know, images usually, of Joey Chestnut or yeah, I was going to
1: say, usually when you take your eating to another level, <laughs> yes. you're putting on about 30 pounds and it's not good eating. Uh, I think probably many people can relate to that. But, but I know what you meant. went the other way. Yeah, he went the other way and, and started eating very healthy. But with Bogosian, it's interesting because I think there were a lot of people who were excited, us included, to see him re-sign with the Lightning after one year with the Maple Leafs, and he signs a three-year, two-point-five-five million-dollar contract before the season started, and I think with Bogosian, total. That's, total. that's total, total, yeah. Yes. So he
0: makes what eight fifty a year.
1: Yeah, and for a guy who's accomplished, has played over almost has played almost seven hundred games in the National Hockey League, and during his time with the Lightning, Dave was very productive. I think a lot of people looked at that signing and said, you know what. All things considered, with a team who needs to be cap compliant, who probably can't go out and get top-notch defensemen who are going to cost 5 to $10 million a year to overcome maybe some losses on the back end or, or whatever, that getting a guy like Zach Bogosian was a, a very good get for Julian Breezewa and the organization, but we really aren't going to know what we have in Zach Bogosian, his second time around with the Tampa Bay Lightning, for another four to six weeks with that lower body injury. So it's unfortunate because I think one thing Bogosian adds, in addition to that big right shot uh, on the right side and allowing John Cooper an opportunity to, s- to split up your defenseman lefty-righty if he chooses to go that route on a night-to-night basis, is that you know it's another thumper back there who is not afraid to stick his nose in there and stand up for his teammates. And I think we saw that during the exhibition games uh, against the Florida Panthers. He was one of those guys in addition to Pat Maroon and some other players that you know were were right there um going after Sam Bennett and and things like that. So I'm not saying that's the sole reason why he's on this team and and why he's that valuable, but it's nice to have somebody back there who can certainly stick up for your teammates. We're not going to see that for the next, you know, month or so and you know the Lightning had to dip into their their depth already, uh, Dave. Game two down in Syracuse to overcome that loss.
0: Well, let's look at this from the perspective of what it means on ice, and also from a a cap standpoint. And and I'm a little bit on on unshaky ground or shaky ground, I should say. I'm un unsh- I'm I'm not steady when talking about some of the intricacies of the cap, as we have discussed, but if memory serves, if a if a player is going to be out 30 days or longer, you can put them on long-term injury. So if the projection is four to six weeks, or or let me put it to you this way, if you put a player on long-term injury, you can't activate him for at least a month. I may not be completely on target with that, but that's that's the best of my recollection. So what that means from a cap standpoint, if Bogosian will find out soon enough, if, in fact, he goes on long-term injury, then there's no issue with with adding salary because you're allowed to go over the cap by the amount of the, the player who's on long-term injury. But I'm not sure the Lightning needed him to go on long-term injury because this goes to this, this topic that we were discussing before opening night, before Bogosian got hurt, which was... You know, Schuster was on waivers, as was Frederick Clayson, but they may have done that to kind of maximize their flexibility for the year heading into opening night. That's what happened with the Tyler Johnson situation last year. And then Johnny came back up after missing the first game. Schuster may have been coming back up anyway. We we will never know at this point unless somebody goes on the record and tells us. So... I don't think the Lightning necessarily wanted to go indefinitely with only six defensemen on the roster, and we're going to find out soon enough if if they add a seventh defenseman. Because now we know Bogosian's out long term. Yes. And if they do, then I think that may have that may have been possible only if Bogosian was on long term injury. But I, I guess I'm uncertain if we would be sister even if Bogosian were healthy to the lane that could have 7D and this was about like the opening night cap number but now that he is hurt and if he goes on long term injury now you have some flexibility to bring up Schuster and maybe another defenseman too if you want to go at least in in the short term with seven defensemen until Calfoot can come back and by the way I'm I'm watching the the extra skate and, and foot is out there in a red no-contact jersey. So, as we've said, you know, uh, finger surgery, he can skate. That's not going to affect his ability to to get out on the ice and, and keep his conditioning up, but until the finger is completely healed, we're not going to see him in game action. Right. So he's still in that red no-contact jersey. So that's, that's the cap side of it. And, again, I, what I just said, I'm not sure I, I added any clarity except to say that if Bogosian, in fact, join Seabrook on long-term injury, that I believe will mean that the Lightning could call up another defenseman. So at the very least, they have seven. Because as we've discussed, if a defenseman gets hurt in warm-ups and you only have six, then you're stuck. You got to I play think with five. Kachuk was practicing on the back <laughs> I think, yesterday. Right, and you know, I don't think that that would be that would be necessarily the direction the Lightning. Can they get Brian Boyle? Can they trade <laughs> yeah. for
1: Brian Boyle, Dave?
0: <laughs> now that would that was that was certainly a luxury, and that would yeah. happen in game. Like yes, the Lightning had correct. six defensemen in a game. Somebody got yes. hurt, and they'd say, "Okay, Boyle, go take some shifts on right. D." And he could I'm not it. sure if we're going to see that with this iteration of the Lightning lineup. But yes. now let's get to the on ice part. So they do miss. Bogosian's physicality, his snarl, his willingness to fight. He's got a big shot. But I think we mentioned, Greg, like Schuster did well in preseason. He looked like he slotted in. I think John Cooper mentioned, to your point, about taking his eating <laughs> to a whole new level. To a whole new Coop level. Coop didn't say that, but he did say that, you know, he looks he looks a little bit more nimble on the ice if that's the right word coop didn't say that but like he's getting around the ice well he's got a ton of experience and that's one reason not the only reason but one reason why the lightning wanted to bring schuster back and and that is that if they had a need on defense and that need has occurred unfortunately really early game two he's a guy they feel confident that they can put in the lineup they can play him he's been in the nhl he knows the ropes and, and he will be a good depth piece. And he's being pressed into action really early.
1: You know, we talked about the depth about this team, and it's hard to create depth when you are up against the cap. It just is. When you're paying your top-notch guys the money Tampa Bay is paying them, Dave, sometimes the pick of the litter isn't great when you're trying to fill out veteran type of guys who can play at the AHL level but also can fill in at the NHL level. You have somebody in Andre Schuster who's been in this organization before who's comfortable with the players and the coaching staff. I think that is a bigger deal than some would anticipate. Now, you know, if he sees some action, uh, it may take him a game or two or maybe several games, maybe not at all. I, I don't know, to get adjusted to the speed of the NHL game being away for a couple of years. But I think Schuster, uh, certainly the thing that's encouraging about him, it does feel like in many ways he rededicated himself to getting back to the National Hockey League. Yeah. And maybe and maybe that first acknowledgement that things needed to change for him was, look, I, I need to go play, and, and maybe I'm not getting an opportunity to play at the NHL level. I really don't want to go down to the minors and play anymore. Let me see if I can have a different experience playing professionally overseas. And certainly he took it to the nth degree going over to the KHL and did pretty well. And I think, I think with that, and, and this is strictly from reading Joe Smith's article from The Athletic, that experience, basically away from North America, Dave, might allowed him to, uh, for a lack of a better term, grow up a little bit, not saying he had immature issues at all. I'm saying, you know, sometimes when you get away from something that you were so close to, you find yourself a bit, and, and maybe you become a little bit more comfortable in your game uh, as a professional, but maybe even personally as well. And I think the fact that he was willing to do that. The fact that he said, listen, I I acknowledge there are some things I may need to change. One of those would be maybe my diet and maybe my fitness. And if I can do those two things, those are two things that I can control. I I don't think I'm going to be a worse player if those are two things that I correct. In fact, uh, the chances are I I may become a little faster. And what's the one thing everybody talked about with Schuster in training camp and during the preseason? Look, nobody's going to mistake him for for being Brayden Point. But... If Andre Schuster at six five six six, can be a little faster, specifically with the way Tampa Bay wants to play right now, then that just means he becomes a little more valuable. And I don't think it's a coincidence, Dave, that he was the first defenseman called up. Again, maybe circumstances dictated it a bit, but I think this might have been based off of we're familiar with the player, but also this player earned it because in many ways he tinkered with some of the deficiencies he once had and made them into not liabilities. And I, I think for a Stanley Cup champion team to recognize that and say, okay, you know what, let's go. You're, you're, you're getting called up. You're going to fit right in. I do think speaks to a certain confidence they have in Schuster that, you know, for, for a few games, we're okay having him in the lineup and, and we feel like he's not going to be a liability. Now, look, Dave, he's not going to go out and play 18, 20 minutes a night. But if he's somebody that can come in, I would assume, and plays 10 to 13 and just keeps it really simple, I'm okay with that. And if that means we end up playing Britney Spears' goal song maybe once uh, every (laughs) once in a while at Amelie (laughs) Arena, oops, I did it again.
0: That would be a bonus.
1: Then that would be really cool. But I, I, I do think this is a compliment to a professional player who had to tinker with his game, whether it was on the ice or off the ice, to get back to the NHL level, Dave. And you know what? When you're an older player, not a younger player, when you're an older player who's had a taste of it, that can be hard to do because this is a young man's league. And I I give credit to Andre Schuster for getting himself in a position where he's gotten another chance at the the highest level, which is the NHL. It's not always easy to do. And I, I think he deserves some credit to get back to this point. We'll see how he performs. And ultimately, Dave, that's how he'll be judged. But I think at least, you know, we talk about in life, how do you deal with some unfortunate circumstances or some adversity? And for Andre Schuster, to his credit, I, I think he, he looked at it and, and made it into a positive.
0: So this is not for nothing, and it may not be a huge factor. So I guess that's those two statements are, are opposite of each other. To me, <laughs> I think, I, to me, I think it's not nothing. So I, I'm yeah. guess, I guess I'm saying that this is a factor. Schuster was always well-received and well-liked by his teammates, but I think that, you know, seeing him around in, in the first go-around with the Lightning, like that personality didn't come through as much maybe outside the room. And I tell you what, Greg, seeing him around, he has the biggest smile on his face. Yeah. And you can just see like how happy he is not only to be back in the NHL, but back with the Lightning. And maybe you say, well, you know, being happy to, to be in a certain location maybe is separate from how you were actually going to perform on the ice, but, but that's, that's why I said that. I, I, I don't think it's for nothing. I think that that does matter. And he has, he has an aura of joy around him. That's, that's the way I would put it. I mean, I've seen him... Face to face a couple of times we 're not we 're not quite as segregated as we were last year, and certainly right after the pandemic hit it 's not like i'm i 'm going in the locker room, but you know i 've seen him around a couple of times, and he just he is so happy to be where he is right now, yeah, and that 's great for him, but I think it also could be really good for the lightning so again i 'm not putting i 'm not putting all of my chips in the, in that corner. But I think it matters at least to some degree. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: No, I do. And and you know what's interesting is when we start talking about 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th defensemen in an organization, whether a couple of those guys, Dave, are playing at the NHL level and uh, whether a couple of guys are playing at the AHL level, you kind of lump those guys together. And I think those are, and we'll have to break here in just a second, I think a a lot of times those guys can be interchangeable. And I think there is a real opportunity sometimes for your 7th and 8th defensemen when they get an opportunity to play at the NHL level, if they're coming up from the minors, Dave, or if they find themselves in the press box waiting for an opportunity, I think if they play well, there is an opportunity for them to get extended playing time. Because I don't think... Zach Bogosian signs for his deal with three years, and it's very affordable. And while Zach Bogosian certainly was a big part of what Tampa Bay accomplished a couple of years ago, I think because of where he is in that contract that he did sign, while length is to his advantage... It's not like he's making a ton where if he ended up being your seventh defenseman, you wouldn't sit there and say, boy, I'm, I'm really scratching myself or kicking myself in the head because Zach Bogosian is finding himself uh, in the press box. I, I think there's an opportunity there, and I think that's like that for every team. When you start talking about your sixth and seventh and eighth defenseman, I think those guys can be interchangeable. And so while I think it's, it's great that Schuster got himself in a position to come back, I'm going to tell you right now, if the team takes off and starts winning and they're playing some good hockey and Schuster's a part of that, Dave, it's going to be tough to take him out of the lineup. And I think this is where you want that internal competition, whether it's in the bottom six or in the the bottom four of your um, depth on defense, meaning your sixth, seventh, eighth defenseman, that's really positive. And I think this is an opportunity for Schuster early in the season to showcase what he can do and that he's here to stay. And we'll see if he takes advantage of that.
0: and we'll we'll break here but at four to six weeks for bogosian and foot still in a red contact jersey he's not going to be facing competition from either one of those guys so it's up to him to show what he can do correct so he stays
1: it's it's his own internal competition and i think that's probably the way for now anyway for now we'll take a break we'll come back glad you're with us we had some technical glitches but we are back here and we appreciate you guys hanging with us he is dave michigan live in detroit i'm greg linelli Uh, I am in parts unknown. I can't disclose where I am, but I am here talking on a mic, and Steve Ersnick is here as well. We appreciate you listening. We'll get to some questions when we return. What type of performance are you expecting tonight in Detroit? Back after this on Lightning Power Play.
0: This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. All right,
1: all right. Glad you're with us here on Power Lunch. Power of Play. Again, thank you for hanging with us with our technical glitches. But we are here with you, Greg Minnelli, along with Dave Michigan. He is in Detroit. Steve Versnick is producing Tampa Bay, taking on Detroit. And, you know, I think the team, Dave, is ready to move past the game against Pittsburgh. And now they go into a situation where they're taking on the Red Wings. We talked about them a little bit yesterday. A, a up-and-coming team, certainly. There's some high-end skill there, but it's unknown skill. But I think one thing that the Lightning should learn from the opener is what we talked about yesterday. You have to expect Detroit to come out and play with some emotion. Now, look, it could backfire on Detroit as well. You know, we seem to think sometimes when, especially for an opener, that the team who is having the opener is going to come out and be fired up for the first 10, 15 minutes or just have themselves a magical game. And I think sometimes the other element to that can happen. You come out flat, maybe you waste all your energy on the the pregame emotions, and you're just not as sharp as you'd like to be. And certainly I think the Lightning probably would attest to that situation transpiring on Tuesday against the Penguins. So I I don't know what type of Detroit team we are going to see, but what I would say is if you're the Lightning, probably prepare that this is a team that's going to come out and try and, and, and punch you in the mouth For 60 minutes, understanding that you are the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs, and for the Red Wings, a team that has traditionally struggled against the Lightning over the last few years, they're going to want to prove themselves, and this will be a good measuring stick, even though this is the first game of the year for this young team.
0: I'm looking at the games from last night. Now, Edmonton won in a shootout, but five games last night, Greg, and the home team won all five. So those were all home openers, and we know Vegas won it's home opener. So the Lightning to this point have been the only home team to lose. So that would go to what you were proposing, that the home team is motivated. Now, some of these games were, were closer than others, but the Caps basically chewed up and spit out the Rangers last night, 5-1, right? Yep. And it sounded like Colorado had a pretty dominant performance against Chicago. So I agree with you. I think the Lightning have to be ready for a Detroit team that's really excited for the start of the season. I think the off season buzz about the Red wings is not unwarranted. I think the buzz is warranted, but how much are they going to improve is the unknown question yeah, and they improved some last year, and they finally were able to to beat the lightning and regulation. They ended two streaks last year, the wings beating the lightning and regulation first of all to to end streak of of consecutive games with at least one point for the lightning and that streak only had one game in which they did not win <laughs> right before the pandemic. They they lost in a shootout here. And then the other streak was consecutive home wins by the Lightning, which Detroit ended last year. But you know, that aside, they had some injury issues last year. I mean Bertuzzi was out most of the year. Danny DeKaiser is healthy now and in, in hearing the the players and, and Jeff Blaschel talk after their morning skate this morning, and DeKaiser was one of the players who came out and, and talked. Like, he is healthy now. He had back problems and, and you know, was dealing with with the effects of, of the treatment from that and was not healthy last year. And some of their younger players, not the ones who are new to the NHL this year, we'll get to those guys in a second, but but some of their younger players who have been in the NHL but are continuing to grow and get better, specifically this defenseman, Philip Horonik, who led their team in scoring last year. Like, they're really excited about him, and they feel that he can help their power play, which we talked yesterday, like, more so last year than than maybe some of the the previous years. But last year was definitely a year where Detroit was better defensively but not better offensively, and their power play – finished 30th in the league out of 31 teams and their team offense goals for per game was also 30th out of 31 teams. Only Anaheim was worse in, in both those categories. So if they are going to improve their offense, one way to do it to help your offense is to have your power play be better. And they feel Hironic has, has taken a step forward. They feel that a healthy Bertuzzi will help their power play. And there's no arguing that and then they have you know these other young players who are joining their their team, their NHL team this year. Mo Sider, who they are extremely high on. He went sixth overall in the 2019 draft. Is he on the back he's end? He's 20. He's right. a defenseman. Yeah, he's on the back. So two years ago, the pandemic year, he was in Grand Rapids as a teenager. Last year, he went to the Swedish Hockey League and he played on the same team that Simon Ryfors was on, and and that team got to the the championship round and lost, but Sider was named the Swedish Hockey League Defenseman of the Year as a 19-year-old, and they are super excited about him. I think he will maybe at some point, maybe not tonight, but, but he will get a look to try and have an impact on this power play. And then a guy who's 19 and is unclear if he is going to be sticking around short term long term whatever maybe they're going to let him do his nine games and and although I, I Ken Daniels told me he would go to the minors so this is going to be the first year of his of his contract regardless but that's Lucas Raymond who was the fourth overall pick in the 2020 draft he can score he had six points in six preseason games so when you look at the red wings you, you look at the players that were injured last year that are now healthy or healthier, you look at some of the younger guys, and specifically I'm going to mention Hronik, as a guy who, who the Red Wings feel is going to continue to evolve and become even better, and, and he was one of their better players, if not their best player, last year. These two rookies, Sider and Raymond, and then the players they brought in, like Nedeljkovic, like Pew Suter, who had a pretty good year last year, In Chicago, the Hawks decided not to qualify him, even though he was a restricted free agent. So look, you got to go out on the ice and show it. But I think there is optimism in Detroit, internally and externally, that this team is going to be better. And the team that wasn't better, (laughs) the team that the Lightning have seen over the last several years, usually gave them really close games. So all of that goes to back up your point. Which is the Lightning need to be ready tonight? They need to be ready for a team that is feeling good about yeah. its prospects, a team that is opening its season, a team that is excited to open its season, and a team that typically plays the Lightning really well and really you know, tightly. I think, it's, if, I even think though think the it's results right. haven't been there.
1: I think it's spot on. And I think something you said yesterday, and I think we both agreed, it's not only going to be the other team that you have to face where you have to get yourself ready to play. As Stephen Stamko said after the game on Tuesday, we're professionals. We should be ready to go regardless of the circumstances. And while I think that is the right answer to say, I think we also understand that doesn't always happen. And it's one of the reasons why I've said it's, it's tough to play a full 60 minute game. But Dave, more times than not, even when you have a really good team like the Lightning in a salary cap era where there are some holes on your roster, maybe not as magnified as another team, maybe like they're playing tonight, uh, like the Red Wings. But you're going to have some clunkers. I think what was shocking was it happened on opening night. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, you're going to have some clunkers. And I'll, I'll even go a step further. I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I know uh, like kind of the pre-back-to-back cup era let 's call it that where the lightning had some clunkers out west Dave, if you remember they 've had you know seven nothing to Arizona yeah. and, and I mean, Arizona's
0: was, always the end of the trip. And that 's you know, almost <laughs> that's like usually a scheduled, they're getting yeah those, and it 's almost like results. a scheduled loss in yeah. some
1: ways. I know coaches hate that that term, and i don 't want to say Tuesday night should have been a scheduled y- loss, in fact, some people would have said that 's a scheduled win. You have too many things going on for you that should allow you to come away with two points, even if you don 't play particularly well. But I th- I think for the Lightning, it's not only the teams they're going to have to play this year that are going to be motivated to knock off the defending Stanley Cup champs because, let's face it, Dave, they are the measuring stick. And there is something to be said for the Tampa Bay Lightning coming into your arena and you having an opportunity to see where you stand. It's like the Patriots when they had Tom Brady or the Bucks right now when you have Tom Brady. And you go into somebody's barn and... You want to match up. Where where do we stand when it comes to going against the best? So I, I think not only do you have to go against that, but I think internally you have to fight whatever letdowns your body or your mind may have during an 82-game season. And I think that is something that I am and you are going to be watching more so than, you know, that game against Vancouver in February where you got the dog days of the NHL really – starting to seep into the schedule, I think is, what is motivating Tampa Bay during the season? And again, the, the, the question is going to be, can they turn that light switch on when it matters the most? And I we won't know the answer to that, Dave, but I do think that's going to be something to watch as this season progresses. And I think tonight is going to be an interesting uh, sign of maybe where they are early on in the season, you know, coming off a clunker. Yeah. And can you fight those demons that are saying, look, it's early in the season, we're going to be fine or, you know, can you say let's let's get off for this game boys. I know it's Detroit, but let's let's get motivated to get a W.
0: So, I don't mean to to ring the alarm bell here. And I think it was probably more true last year than this year, but it's also true this year. So, I guess in a way I am ringing the alarm bell. But getting off to a good start is important. It was more important last year cuz the season was shortened to 56 games. And getting off to a a subpar start, like, you can recover. It just becomes really tough to recover. And the Lightning have done a fantastic job, even in seasons in which they've had a dip, and that 16-17 season comes to mind. They had a horrible middle part of the year, but if you look at their start, it was actually okay. Like, they've had good Octobers over the time that John Cooper has been the head coach, maybe you want to say the 1920 season, like their record was, was just okay and their game, they were, they were figuring things out, right, that year, and then they took yes. off in the second half of the year. But even as they were figuring things out, like they, they put some points in the bank there in October. If you come slowly out of the gates, I don't care who you are, it becomes difficult to make up ground. And so it would be nice to get some points tonight is what I'm saying. You're going to Washington next. That's traditionally a really tough building for the Lightning. Home against Florida. The, I think the fans know what we think of Florida. And then isn't Colorado next? I confess I, I haven't committed the, the full next couple of weeks to, to memory. But I think Colorado might be coming in You're right, the 23rd. after that. Top team, yeah, the twenty third. Yeah, so I mean, look, the the next few games, you got the Wings tonight, then you got Washington, Florida, and the Avalanche. I think you want to get some points tonight.
1: Yeah, you know, I always um, I always chuckle because I, I Dave, I
0: think we try not to be hyperbolic. Our... And I'm trying not to be hyperbolic, but I think no, it's, the it's, math, the math is sense. is fairly straightforward on this.
1: It is, and you know, there, there's rare a lot for of teams
0: people... two, like two months into the season. If you're way down in the standings, it's rare for teams to to cobble their way up. The Blues did it the year they won the Stanley Cup, but that was a notable exception. I'm not suggesting the Lightning are going to be at the bottom of the standings as we as we round the, the corner from November into December, but you don't want to put yourself in a position. To, to have to try and make up ground this early?
1: You know, it's it's an interesting point because there are a lot of people, when I say a lot of people, there will be a lot of people who cover sports in general, and they'll say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I, I, I think that's a cute saying, and I, I think in a lot of instances, I, I agree with it. Would you rather be playing well late in the right. season than you would at the beginning? Yeah, and, and if you don't believe me, ask the Buffalo Sabres. Dave, how many times during uh, Tampa Bay's run, the last 2 years did it seem like there was a big game with the sabers more so for buffalo than tampa bay before december because the sabers had gotten off to a really good start i remember having those conversations with mike harrington who would come on my show when i was doing it myself and you know i'd be like all right you know mike they're they're playing really well they've got 10 wins in their first 14 games uh, do we think Buffalo is, is ready to take that next step? And I think, you know, when you cover the team, you want it to be a story. So maybe you reach a little bit and say, yeah, you know, they're getting good goaltending. Eichel's playing well. And, of course, we've seen what happened to the Buffalo Sabres over the last couple of years. They've, they're, they're really in a rebuild mode. And who knows what's going to happen with Jack Eichel. But my point being is I don't think people should discount getting off to a quick start. I, I'm not saying that's the be-all, end-all. I think like a team team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, there's enough talent there where if they come out of the gates and they struggle a bit, even in a salary cap era where there's a lot of parity and there's a lot of three-point games, I think we think the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to pick up more wins than losses throughout a season. But that being said, I don't want to discount some team gobbling up a bunch of points early on because what that does is that allows you uh, some cushion if you do go through a tough spell uh, later in the season. And look, we have seen the Lightning not play their best towards the end of the regular season, and then the light switch goes on, and they're a team that can, that can play really well and, of course, do what they did over the last two years winning the Stanley Cup. So I, I think maybe Tampa Bay slightly different. But, again, I, I think your point is, is well taken. I, I'd like to see the Lightning, particularly against the teams they if they're supposed to quote-unquote beat, have good showings there and try and pile up some points and I think give yourself some confidence because, as we said yesterday, and I think it, it's going to take some time for people to, to understand this. While the core is the same, the team is different. And I, I think that is finding your own identity this year with this team is going to be different than last year. As we said before, say what you want about the third line and how some of those players looked in the preseason, we thought they looked good. Uh, the guys who were going to be making up the third and fourth lines, collectively, maybe individually even, they looked really good. But nobody is going to in them, Dave, at least right off the bat, replacing the Yanni Gord line, who was so good and so dangerous, whether it was offensively or defensively, that they really changed the complexion of games when it mattered the most. We're not there yet with this Lightning team. I think there is the ingredients for that to happen. But Dave, that might take, honestly, the whole season for John Cooper to find what he's looking for. I think we hope that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And like I said before, there are some pieces there that make a lot of sense for that to happen. But I think if you thought coming right out of the gates, everybody would be clicking, you probably were too optimistic. And logic would say, yeah, there are some good pieces for those third and fourth lines. But now you have to mesh them together, Dave, to find a cohesive unit. And that just may take some time. But until you get to that point, you do want to try and get some wins along the way. And then once those third and fourth lines start to find their identity, that's when you really are going to see, I think, this team start to take, take off and, and even find an owned identity of their own.
0: Well, we don't know if that is exactly how it's going to unfold maybe maybe some of the the bottom six forwards will have a huge game tonight and and they will be the difference between the lightning getting points and not getting points but if it's going to take some time for the lightning to find some cohesiveness in the bottom six that means that the onus is on the guys on the top six yes the guys who are who are not new (laughs) to the team or to the system or or to their line mates to do a lot more than what we saw on Tuesday against Pittsburgh. Exactly. Uh, I think that's I think it's a, a fairly point. obvious statement. Uh, I'll close with this before yeah, we good. have to break. Going back to your point about, you know, a win late in the season maybe counts more than a win early in the season in terms of, like, building your game for the playoffs. Bob Hartley, who has won a Stanley Cup with, with Colorado and has been a very successful coach, he was he was the coach in Hershey, when when I was there as a broadcaster, at least for two of the years I was there, and you know that, that team that that he took over the first year won the championship, Calder Cup, and he always had an expression, and he'd say it in his French accent, of course. He's like, two points in October count the same as two points in March. <laughs> and he's right. Like They are. They count the same. So if you can get points early, get them.
1: See, that's unfair for Bob Hartley to say that because was Eric fair there scoring goals for him <laughs> no. at the same time.
0: <laughs> Eric Fair was there not at the same time as Harley or as me. He arrived after both of us had hey, left.
1: All he did was score big goals. I know. And if you didn't believe him, just ask him. <laughs> Because he'd like, you know, that that's a, He would a score. He line.
0: scored against Pittsburgh quite a bit, didn't he? And then he scored with Pittsburgh.
1: I was going to say he scored for the Penguins in that, yeah. uh, that run when they beat the Sharks uh, in the Stanley Cup final. So that was. I uh, <laughs> always a joke about that. We've got some tweets coming in. We want to get to those when we return. I am Greg Lanelli, along with Dave Mishkin. Steve Ersnick is your producer. And if you're thinking, why are these guys talking. In the one o'clock hour, instead of the noon hour, it's just because we had some technical difficulties. Dave needed to get his snacks in order, so we delayed <laughs> the show an hour. No, no, we had untrue. Some we had some technical untrue. difficulties, but we are good right now. And of course, we'll be back in the saddle doing it again tomorrow, noon to one. We got one more segment. We're going to take some questions when we return on Lightning Power Play.
0: This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeart Radio app.
1: We are back. Greg Linelli with you, along with my partner every single day. Dave Mishkin, he's the radio voice of the Lightning, of course. Steve Ersnick is our producer. Get those questions in at Bolts Radio Tampa Bay getting set to take on Detroit. You know, Dave, before we get back into hockey talk, what's been interesting the last couple of days for me, it's been like an infirmary at my house. Both my daughters have been under the weather, and uh, the youngest one is back uh, today, the oldest one I think will be back ready to go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But you know, during this time, I, I've had to be like the yeah. the, te- the teacher as well. In addition, oh, either you're going to you a gonna a say nurse.
0: you've had to dodge landmines so you don't get sick.
1: Well, you know, because your point, voice, how do I you sound? You need that.
0: You ne- need that to be operating. Do I sound pretty good? I think you do. But you All need right. it to be operating at 100 percent effectiveness, Listen, right? as
1: you know with kids. I, I, I'm curious about that because you a little more unique position than I am because you are the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. When when you had some, your kids would get sick at home. Did you Mm -hmm. take any more precautions when you were calling games during the season just so you didn't, you know, come down with whatever they did that would keep you from maybe calling the games?
0: Yeah. Did that ever happen? So generally, I, I feel like under normal circumstances, I get what we'll call a cold two, maybe three times a year. And some are worse than others. So maybe yeah. it's it's a little bit more than that. But but some of the others I'm, I'm able to shake off with with very little, like, effect to, to how I'm able to function. Others, you know, you're definitely going into a broadcast with a sore throat or completely stuffed up. Right. And I'm not sure if I remember how I got them. I think the rigors of traveling is probably more the culprit than... Yeah catching something from my kids. But I, I will say this, in the minors, and, and just to paint a picture for, for the folks, in the minors, I was not only broadcasting, I was also handling all of like the media relations, PR, et cetera. So the hours in the office were on top of calling games and traveling by bus. Hmm. And so the season is a grind for for broadcasters who have that particular role. And most of the minor league broadcasters, most of them do, at least in the U.S., do. I would get sick a lot more often. And I think your, your body just gets worn down. I, and I understand, like, the, the most likely way to catch a cold is somebody gives it to you. So maybe there was some of that, too. But maybe your defenses are, are a little weaker because you're, you're burning the candle at both ends more.
1: It's a grind, you but know, knock on wood, like yeah,
0: last year and maybe because I wasn't traveling, I can't remember that I got sick once.
1: I mean, I think that's probably so, a big reason. You know, I mean, yeah, you would think so. To everything, and uh, it's just but I wish you, I wish you Thank luck,
0: you. if that's the right word. Thank you. At at avoiding whatever your kids yes. got, and I hope they, they feel better, both of them, soon.
1: Yes, well, you're, you're a kind man, and I, I appreciate that, and we'll just see how it plays out. If I can't talk tomorrow, folks, you'll know why. No, but I think I think we'll be okay. I want to get some questions here that are coming in from our fan base, Dave, and yes, they are our fan base because they're here with us every single day. This one comes from at Tenaciously Lee. I love these names. You know me. I almost, I almost get a chuckle just reading the names than I do – uh, the questions he says, what are the things that stood out to you that need to be cleaned up the most from the other night? What's a bright spot from last night or a couple of nights ago? As he said. Well, the
0: first part we could do a show on and maybe we did. The second part. Would be a fraction of a show. <laughs> I and <mean>, There really <laughs> weren't many bright spots. Yeah. I spoke with Paul Kennedy, who did a great job emceeing. The banner raising he did fantastic and I, I told him you know i think you might have been the number one star Ooh. the other night that's right i mean koop said vasileski was was the only player that he could think of yeah. and even like by Vasi standards you know he had the he had the turnover on the first goal it was it was a tough night for the lightning tough night for the lightning tough night to find any bright spots but it's one game he, so yeah. let's see if they improve tonight Order of importance at the top of the list in terms of, like, what do they need to improve upon? Compete. Urgency. I mean, that's what we heard from from the players. And I had some other things that, that we talked about the day after that first game, so Wednesday, yesterday's show. Like, they didn't execute well. They didn't pass the puck well. They didn't get enough shots to the net. But, I mean, a lot of that stems from their inability... To get their fingers dirty like they didn't play with an edge they didn't play with urgency they didn't win puck battles and if you're gonna if you're gonna have a game like that it's gonna be a tough one for you and it was
1: you know what's interesting and I, I think you're right I mean and look we can talk a lot about what went wrong I think you're you're spot on that is the compete level could have been better now. Could you want to compete better, Dave, and the legs and the body just aren't catching up to your will and your determination? I think that can happen. Yeah, and
0: and the other part is the mind. I think that this was a mental issue more than a physical issue.
1: I think so, too. And you know where – and let me me bring this back to Pittsburgh for a second because as much as it was a physical shellacking, I actually think Pittsburgh was mentally sharper, and here's why. Coaches make adjustments all the time during the season. I think it's harder once you get into the the nitty-gritty of the season when you're basically playing every other night. I mean, the assistant coaches will look at film, Dave. There's not a lot of strategic planning, I don't think, that goes on during the regular season for the most part. I'm sure there are some things, hey, keep an eye on Sidney Crosby. He likes to go on his backhand when he comes down the right-hand side or something to that extent. You you know guys' tendencies, but I I don't know how much game planning – there really is once you get into the nitty-gritty of the season. But I will say this. I wonder if it was a bit different, and this is probably a question we'd have to ask the Penguins, but just listening to Stephen Stamko's talk after the game, he was talking about how, look, you know, the the Penguins had sticks in a lot of right areas. They they were collectively playing very well defensively, and I don't want to say he, he said it, it was almost like they knew what we were going to do before we did it, but I'm wondering if that first game, because you have it s- circled on your calendar, even though you're going through preseason and exhibition, you probably can start implementing a few things to get ready for that opener. And the fact that this was the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champs, I've got to think there was a little bit more game planning than normal. And I, I'm just I'm wondering if that game, in addition to what Stamkos and the coaching staff had said and, and what we were saying is this, maybe this was more of a, a mental obstacle than it was physical. I think some of that was Pittsburgh not only was physically sharp, but I thought they were mentally sharp. They didn't make many mistakes. And I think, Dave, it's easier to do that and pull it off in Game 1 than it is in Game 25 because I think there's a little bit more buildup to that game, and I think you can prepare for that as a coach a bit more than once you get into the nitty-gritty of the season. I don't know if you buy that, and maybe that's me trying to go 2 plus 2, And coming up with five, but I I, I do think for me, listening to what Tampa Bay had to say after the game and reading some quotes from Pittsburgh, it felt like the Penguins really knew their assignments very well, and I think coaching for them had a bigger impact in that game than maybe we think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all of the above. I think they were mentally sharp. I think that they were physically on top of their game. I think they had the right attitude going in. I think they probably came in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think they understood that they were short due to injury, not that they didn't dress 18-2. and two, They did. I think some some guys that are getting an opportunity, maybe because of some of the injuries, played well. I'm looking at you, Dominic Simone. <laughs> but seriously, like, Drew O'Connor looked good in that game. Who knows how long he is going to stay up? I mean, maybe if Gensel and, and Zach Aston reese are able to return within the next game or so, and Crosby too, like, that's going to be it for Drew O'Connor, at least in the short term. Well, you know what? He made the most of that game. Yeah. So good for him. So I think I think it was all of the above and and you know we we praise the penguins a lot and, and they deserve that praise but we'll see how they do tonight <laughs> against the Panthers and we'll see how yeah. the Lightning do against Pittsburgh when the teams meet later this month. I did want to mention this cuz I'm I'm seeing this from Eric Erlinson. He got a question is Bogosian going on the LTIR and Eric wrote has to no cap space otherwise. Look, I I usually defer to Eric on matters of of the cap intricacies. And we had talked about, like, I think Bogosian will go on long-term injury. But I I confess, I don't know that they just didn't have the the room. Like, if Bogosian had not gotten hurt, would they have just kept six defensemen, like, moving forward? Now, they are having foot not on long-term injury, so maybe that factors in. But remember... Before Barry Boulet got put on waivers, Greg, we heard the quote from John Cooper saying, you know, we might keep all three forwards. Our cap situation this year gives us a little bit more, I don't know that he said flexibility, but that was kind of where where he was going with it. And if that's the case or or if they have no cap space available now, I don't understand how that would have been the case where Coop would have mentioned that. So
1: Unless he was wrong. I'm I'm
0: a little I'm a little confused by like would they have been able to call up Schuster if Bogosian hadn't gotten hurt? But that point is now moot. Bogosian did get hurt, and if what Eric wrote is is true, and I, I think it's true even without reading it, that Bogo is going on the long-term injury list, then there's no problem calling up Schuster. What we will learn, though, in subsequent days is, if Foote is, is not going to be returning soon – Will the Lightning call up a 7th defenseman? And if they don't know. have the cap space, then the answer is no. If they do have the cap space, I still maintain, like, you are rolling the dice a little bit if you just carry six and that's it. Because we don't have a taxi squad situation this year, right? We don't. Where, where your 7th defenseman might not be technically on your roster, but... He's still like with the team in the locker room, right?
1: Dave, are you surprised that we only have a couple more? are you surprised that went away?
0: The you taxi know, squad?
1: As, yeah, as long as we're dealing with, with these these issues, these are the pandemic. Yeah, well it, these yeah. are
0: not these are not COVID issues no, they related aren't. to the lightning.
1: They are, but I I'm just I, I'm kind of curious. Just you know, we talk about the pressure these players <sighs> have been on yeah, the last I don't couple think, of years. I don't
0: think it's good for, for players on a taxi squad for their development. I think it's well, better. Like, if you figure that players on a taxi squad are in between the NHL and the AHL, and maybe not for every player, but for, for most players, probably if they're on the taxi squad, that means that they're really close to the NHL. Like, for most of these players, it is better for them to be playing.
1: Unless it was a veteran. You you'd almost have to make a stipulation. Unless it was a veteran. Uh, see, th- I, I, that's how I, I – let's put it this way. For everything the players have gone through the last couple of years and the sacrifices they've had to make, I don't know how much of a reward that would be for an organization. But I do think as long as we are in this quote-unquote pandemic still, and it's almost to throw teams a bone, because the salary cap isn't going up anytime soon. Over the next three years, it's basically going to be staying the same. Does the league throw these organizations a little bit more of a lifeline to say, all right, you know what, if you get into a bind here, let's keep the taxi squad in place. Maybe it's for guys who've played over 100 games or who are the ages of uh, between 27 and 32. You don't have to keep the younger guys on a taxi squad. Those guys can go down to the AHL. And then if you're on the taxi squad, those veterans who are on it, maybe they get, you know, whatever percentage at the NHL level their contract would state. I don't know what it would be. I'm I'm kind of making it up as as we yeah. go, but I feel like it would be a, a little bit of a a little bit of a lifeline to organizations who have given a lot to keep the league going that since the cap isn't going up anywhere, you get into a situation like this. I don't know, it'd be nice to have two or three guys. And I tell you what, I bet you there'd be two or three guys for each team on a taxi squad who'd say, "You know what? If I can make decent money as a taxi squad player, but also know that you know I'm a, I'm an injury away from playing at the NHL level, I'd rather travel first class with the team at the NHL level than ride buses at the AHL level. I don't know. I, I wonder if that'd be a way if you could keep a little bit more talent uh, in your organization in your game, rather than you know do what the lighting have to do, which is dip down to the minors and talk about being cap compliant here and cap compliant there and. I just think it's a little tough for organizations today with the cap being what it is that, I don't know, that might be a way to to help them out a bit. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, they felt they
0: felt it worked or it would be the best part of the solution last year, but not so this year.
1: Yeah. And that's clearly. And that's fine. and remember,
0: you know, last year, if you were in the taxi squad and you were not in a one way contract, you got you got your minor league salary.
1: Yeah. And maybe maybe one way to tinker with that is, th- you know, there's a way maybe there's a pool where you get a little bit more than that. And, and again, I I confess to not all the, to know all the details, but I, I'm thinking that's an interesting point. Real quick. Al says, do you think 13 gets in tonight in place of seven?
0: Well, based on the fact he was out late skating with foot. No, but I think yeah. he will be getting in soon soon.
1: And of course, Bob chimes in: Is the technical difficulty Dave needing to eat lunch before the show? No. Yeah. Yesterday, he no. Said, that is not the reason. <laughs> yesterday, he said 1:15 is late for lunch, and you know that's what? true. But that's why
0: I ate my granola bar before yes. it's a good point, we went right? on the air.
1: All right, buddy. I will talk to you tonight uh, in a few hours, and we'll uh, we'll talk in the pregame.
0: Yep. Talk to you in a few.
1: Great job, Dave Michigan. Thanks, Steve Versick. I am Greg Lenelli. We'll be with you again tomorrow noon to one on Lightning Power Play.